when I started, it was icing on the cake, right? Sure. Like it was because that, that I was doing the best the best I could at that time. But but I think eventually you want to get to a place where it is more like yeast, right? Like it's interwoven yeah. into everything. It's integral, it's right? integral right? And Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGrill. And I'm Dave Mulder. Friends, welcome to the hallway. Dave, Abby, and I are three friends and colleagues who have fun discussing different aspects of education and what it might mean to teach Christianly. Dave and Abby, in three weeks, we're going to be in a five-week book talk based on Lynn Swanner and Andy Wolf's wonderful book, Flourishing Together, a Christian Vision for Students, Educators, and Schools. The book is divided into five sections, and each week we'll delve into a new section. The reason we're sharing this is because we would like you to join us. So friends, if you're able, purchase a copy of Lynn and Andy's book, and Dave will leave a link in the show notes. And if you're able, share your questions, your notice, your wonders, what you want to agree or argue with, and send them to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Our first episode on the book will be March 30. So if you can get the book in hand and read part one by then, that'd be wonderful. And if you're unable to buy the book, we definitely hope you still join us in the hallway. Dave and Abby, we've never really done a book talk format, so I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. That said, Lynn and Andy would have put together what, and I say this for Andy, he's from England, what the English would say is a cracker of a book. So I'm tremendously excited about the potential of it all. Now, the last few weeks in the hallway, we've been using a check-in question, and I actually want to pull a question from Andy and Lynn's book. At the end of each of the five sections, they have these brilliant reflection questions, And one of the questions that has really stuck with me this week. So here it is. Dave and Abby, when was the last time you tried to learn something new? What did it feel like? And how might the experience of learning something new impact your teaching? I've got one immediately as you really. So I'm turning around here to pick it up off the floor. Oh, wow. me. I'm auditing a course this semester, oh, yeah. and, and the textbook that I'm, I picked up off the floor is The Practice of Computing Using Python, third edition. I'm, I'm learning a new computer language. Wow. Um, okay. I, I started, actually, before I was in education, I started in my own undergrad work uh, as a computer science major, and I love programming. The math was killing me. Yeah. So that's what kind of steered me. The spirit works yeah. in amazing ways. Yeah. And I ended up in education, and I've never looked back. Um, but I've always been fascinated, and this is a language I wanted to learn. And yeah. so I, I talked to our colleague who teaches in computer science, and she was very gracious and wonderful and said, come, come just play. Yeah. Um, so I'm auditing the class. It has been uh, a very stretching experience mm-hmm. for me, yeah. and it gives me a different kind of empathy for the students that I work with, too. When I am working on a coding problem yeah. and I can't sort it out and I find myself tempted to just Google a solution, mm-hmm. I have a whole new empathy yeah. for students yeah. and what 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 tools they have at their disposal, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, it's, but it's been sure. good. I'm enjoying it. Sure. Mine is more of a one, like not so much ongoing, but we're doing some renovations at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, And that involves me more than it does my husband, interestingly, because I am the one who likes to do that kind of stuff. And I have caulked like a, like a shower before, but we put new trim up in our bathroom and there's some gaps, the wall was uneven. And so just watching some 
like home improvement type Instagram accounts and things I follow, I knew that caulking the mm. seams of the window trim and the baseboard would give it a more cohesive look. And I had never done that before. So I, my husband was gone for the weekend actually, and wow. took it upon myself to caulk all of the baseboard and door jams and window trim in my bathroom. And how did it turn out? I like it a lot. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and it's not perfect. <laughs> Um, I bet you it's wonderful. It's not perfect, but it looks a lot better than it did, right? And yeah. so just to even that, like, reveal, right? So And I painted and touched everything up at the same time. Um, in the meantime, I shook a paint can, got paint everywhere on myself. But, like, so there were, there, it was not without its moments. Yeah. But yeah. I could also have, like, a before and after and a, and a reveal and just remembering that feeling of, hey, look what I did yeah. and accomplished, yeah. right? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think one of the things I'm working on, uh, this maybe is a little bit different, is so so I love people, but when I walk into a room or where I don't feel like I know a lot of people, I just put my head down. Like, I just mm -hmm. want to find my seat or find my place. Um, it's hard for me to, to go up to strangers or sort of enter a group where I don't really know anyone. So I've done this at, so we're new, pretty new in town still, and, and we're new at a church. And so one of the things that I'm trying to do is find meet one new person every Sunday, which I know for some of you is not a problem. I it can be very easy for me, like at the end of a Sunday service, to to beeline for the back door mm. or to find people I already know. Um, and it sort of is like, hey, I want I want to take some risks around here. I also had it where um, in trying this and trying this new thing is uh, someone had asked a couple weeks ago, hey, if I, want, if I wanted to meet, and my first reaction was to say no, no to that, mm -hmm. and I actually did, and then sort of took some time to think about it and had the courage to sort of respond back later and say, you know, like, I know I said no, I'm wondering yeah, if, you still, if, you still want, if you still want to meet, and so um, just Ooh. trying to embrace... Trying to embrace something I know that uh, yeah just isn't isn't my strength, and trying to lean into it um, instead of just sort of using it as an excuse, saying oh this is the way I'm wired that you know, right. but to actually say no, like I want to lean into this and I want to try approach this differently. So that's not awesome. as exciting as caulking or learning a new a new yeah. computer language. I think it's um, much more terrifying than it's, caulk, it's, though. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Like, yeah. Interpersonal yeah. risk. Yeah. For yeah, sure, for, for sure. So, Dave, I think today we've got a question, an audio question, yeah. coming from, well, what is one of the most amazing places in the world, British Columbia, <laughs> yeah. I understand. Yeah, we, do, um, we have a question from a listener, okay. and I'll, uh, I'll play her question here since okay. we have the recording. I'm Susan from beautiful British Columbia, Canada. I'm a part-time grade one teacher at Abbotsford Christian School, and I also work at Trinity Western University in Langley, BC, and I'm part of the School of Education, mostly working with the student teachers in their last year before entering the wonderful world of teaching. Here's my question for you today. Teaching is a big job, and as Christian teachers, part of our calling in this is to point our students to Christ in which we teach and how we teach. Many teachers struggle with integrating faith and learning and doing it well, doing it as more than a devotional activity or an add-on at the end of a lesson. So what are some ideas from the hallway on this? How do we bring Christianity and faith into our units, daily lessons, and conversations with students in an honoring and natural way? And what are some first steps to take? Great question. Yeah, thanks, Susan, for that one. Hmm. 
So yeah, what do you guys think? How do we how do we move beyond just adding on a devotional dimension yeah. to what's already happening yeah. in school? Well, can I can I actually just share? So tomorrow, actually, in the class that I'm teaching, um, there's this wonderful um, short paper written by uh, Dr. Leah Zidema, one of our colleagues here. It talks about it's titled "Integral, Not Integrated," and so I just want to read a piece for, um, because it sort of addresses what you're just saying, asking yeah. there, and, and her question. So just a bit of a lengthier part here, but she talks about having this um, teaching grammar um, and talking about the creational structure and relating it to um, Al Walter's fine book, Creation Regained. She says, when I finished the lecture, I was dissatisfied. I felt as though I had treated faith and my reform perspective as topics to address on a one-time basis, perhaps like something to be checked off a to-do list. In an attempt to remedy the situation, I tried adding a few more lectures about biblical perspective on language on other, at other points later in the course, but I was left with the same hollow feeling is that I put the Christian frosting on a stack of cardboard curricular bo boxes and declared it a cake. It may have looked good on the surface, but it wouldn't have wouldn't pass the taste test. One of my evaluations for the course were returned to me the following semester. I saw that some of the students were also dissatisfied. And then she gives an excerpt um, from one student's comments. So the question was, how has this course and your instructor's efforts shaped or deepened your understanding of this perspective from a biblical perspective? And the answer was, I'm a bit confused about how grammar relates to the, a biblical perspective, but I can repeat answers I've been told. Language is a gift from God, and that we should therefore use it well. Ooh, yeah. And it's interesting to me because um, in, in class yesterday, uh, we had a bit of a discussion. We were talking, you know, uh, worldviews, a, a, a word that's used um, often um, throughout every course here. And, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful yeah. for that. Um, but but we, tr we were having this honest discussion, and I was so thankful for my students. Sort of, sort of this response being, um, we, we get it everywhere. And one student even said, yeah, at some point, I just know what, what words my professor wants to hear, mm. um, you know, to sort of meet the standard, right? Yeah. And, and I really appreciated that because, A, I can remember doing that in my own undergrad, sort of like, what is it going to take? What what's the pleasing language here to, to satisfy the need? And um, it just made it made me think about that even in my own teaching as, as I teach in you know a philosophy of education course. How much of this is ringing true for them, and how much of this is hey this is what Beamers needs to hear. Um, <laughs> yeah, so how do I right. put the how do I put the right icing on the cake? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I appreciate their vulnerability in, sh in sharing that. And I've really thought about that a lot, which is, which is why we're actually going to just kind of delve into to this article in class right. tomorrow. But I do think there's something real about that. Is, um, and yet I also go back and forth in terms of saying, yes, when I was that age, hmm. I was that age, I could get a little bit cynical about it. And the further I got away from being 21, mm. the more I appreciated that. And so, yeah. so yeah, I guess maybe that's my starting point is is to say, yeah, maybe it is a bit of icing on the cake, um, but maybe that's a good place to start instead of no icing. It's not the goal, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just my first initial thoughts. Yeah, I think too. I always in psychology courses that I taught, so whether that was developmental psychology or educational psychology, 
I always talk about how really psychology just reveals to us more fully, right? Mm -hmm. The truth um, Mm. that we know Mm. as Christians and gives us like a way, right, to to more fully understand biblical truth. And, And so it was more like a frame than it was in a way of seeing for me and my students than it was different content or putting words or lessons on top of what we were doing, right? It was, Mm -hmm. it was a frame instead. So how does this help us see our students as complex image bearers? How does this idea about Mm -hmm. learning help us understand the complex ways that our students are made and how can we see this as a whole? Um, So I'm just clarifying you, like you're asking bigger questions. Bigger questions. You're still going to talk about Piaget and developmental stages, but but why are we talking about that? But I'm not going to find a verse to match Piaget's theory, right? right? You know what I mean? It's a a bigger frame that way. And it it almost gives a purpose for learning more than it does content for my everyday lessons mm-hmm. well because there are like very christian curricula and i won't call them out by name but the, some of them are just not very good because right. the, like the, the point of the curriculum is not to actually have students engage deeply with Thoughtfully. content yeah. it's more can we sprinkle on some scripture and that must mm-hmm. make it christian no there it, it doesn't get past icing on the cake and, that's I, right. and I guess that's maybe where like if i think about when i started teaching and maybe i have to clarify that you know it's hey when i started it was icing on the cake right well, like sure. it was because that, that i was doing the best the best i could at that time right. but but i think eventually you want to get to a place where it is more like yeast, right? Like it's interwoven yeah, into everything. It's integral, it's right? Integral, right? And yeah. and you can't see yeast, like, right? You but if it's it not does. there, if it's not there, yeah, something's gonna something's gonna fall flat, yeah, right? right? It's so in that sense, it's it it is integral. That mm-hmm. and I think I try to remind myself of that as a as a my teaching now or when I taught high school English, right? It, it can be integral without sometimes even talking about my faith or talking about a Bible mm-hmm. verse or talking, mm-hmm. it can be, it can be integral in your teaching and how you view a student and how you engage the text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it can be integral in how you plan a lesson, right? To sure. think about, Absolutely. to think about, you know, uh, the creation, fall, uh, redemption, restoration framework. Again, I know we can talk about that a lot, but for me, that was absolutely um, integral to my understanding of of when I started designing lessons with that in mind of sort of thinking like what was what was God's intention for this topic right how has this topic been impacted by the fall and in studying this topic how can we maybe um, be part of restoring creation a little bit more nudging it a little bit more towards um, the way God intended so mm-hmm. so I think about that even when we would study literature right it, Hey, how does this help us understand God's intent for creation? Let's look at the brokenness of this, these relationships. How, in studying the brokenness of these relationships in this book, can we study our own brokenness and our need for a savior? Right. And maybe I wouldn't use that language. How can it teach us empathy and compassion mm-hmm. and justice mm-hmm. and mercy? And and so to me, it's sort of like, hey, the starting point even is how my how my designing this lot like lesson design is is absolutely important to just teaching Christianly. So this reminds me of something I just talked about in Intro to Ed with our first-year students, right? We were talking about learning environments this yeah. past week. And 
and I raised the question, does Jesus care how you arrange the desks in your classroom? Mm -hmm. yeah. And the students kind of look at me like, I don't think Jesus cares how I arrange the desk. Yeah. But the more we talk that through, I think this is maybe yeah. what, what you're getting at there too, right? Like that's a way, like a physical expression in my pedagogy of mm -hmm. what I really value. Yeah. And so like, maybe that's a silly way of framing it. Does Jesus care how you, does Jesus care how you mark papers? Does Jesus care how you make grades? Does Jesus care yeah. how you make groups when you have to? Yeah, I think he does, because I think all of those things together start pointing you in a particular direction. So it's not just the content, it's also the pedagogy, it's also our approach. I like your language of frames, Abby. I think that's a really good one to, to think about how we arrange things in our teaching practice. And when push comes to shove, I think the big question is, is Jesus Lord in this classroom or not? Right. And, and if yeah. he's not, then let's just be clear about well, that. And, and I like that you're talking about pedagogy too, because I think for a long time, I thought of Christian teaching as content only. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah. I think that's a trap that we can fall in, is yeah. thinking yeah. about, well, as long as I'm covering things right. that are biblical, or that relate biblically, right? Um, you know, if I'm teaching Jonathan Edwards in my American Lit class, right? Or right. Yeah. Um, and ignore the pedagogy side, yeah. which I think is as important, if not more important, well, that, that's than where content. We're really going to embody yes. our faith, right? In, yes. in, a, in a way. And I guess I'm okay. So some of our listeners probably teaching Christian schools. Let's just be clear. Like I think if you're teaching in a Christian school and you're never reading the Bible with your students, you're never praying with, with your mm -hmm. like. That's missing the point, then. Mm -hmm. Like, I would expect to see those things. Yeah. But if that's all that we're doing yeah. for thinking about how our faith mm -hmm. impacts teaching, I think we're falling short. And then that totally discounts Christian teachers in public schools. Because, again, I'll be clear, I want Christian teachers in public mm -hmm. schools, and I want them to live out their faith. So, yeah, maybe you can't verbally proclaim the name of Christ in your classroom, but if that's the only mechanism you would have for demonstrating yeah. that you're a believer, right. then we're missing the point. Right, and if, and if we say, like for example, in our pedagogy, if we say we believe kids are creative and have agency yes. and we want them to be disciples, and then we never give them work that allows them to right. exercise their agency or be creative, um, I, I think that dishonors the created being that they are as well, right. right? And so so how do we live out what we believe about students in our pedagogy? And I think your question about, does Jesus care how we arrange this? I absolutely think Jesus cares yeah. about, how we re about how we arrange this, because how we arrange the desks communicates to our students how we view learning, how we view who they are, how we yeah. honor them, uh, developing a sense of community. It's the same thing, does Jesus care about our classroom, how we manage our classroom? Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. Jesus cares. All those things, all those things matter. And I, and I think come out of, hey, our view of the student, how they learn, who who they are. And, and that's where I think, whether you're in a Christian school or a public school, all those things do communicate mm -hmm. how you how you value yeah. people. Whether you can use the language um, that maybe you know you have to use, you can't use the language, or you can use the language of being made in the image of God. You're communicating something about students um, in those type in those right. types of things. The the piece that you brought in uh, from our colleague Leo Zaidema, it's integral, not integrated. I really appreciate that because I think so often we talk about integrating faith and learning somehow as if it's something I'm going to do under my power. I'm going to smash these things together and now they're integrated. And yeah. and that flip of thinking of it as yeah, integral, like yeah. they're already integrated. Totally. They're, they're, yeah. Like it already is there. Yeah. Like as if we could divorce Christ. Right 
from the creation yeah. of somehow. The earth is the right? Lord's and everything in it. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And so how do we reveal that truth right. to students yeah. instead? It's not like I need to create this truth. No. It's already there. It's not so your job. How do I reveal? Right? How yes. do I open this? How do I help unfold this in, in front yeah. of students in a way? Yeah, like I'm thinking of integrating as now I'm putting it in and now I'm pulling it out. Right. right. Now I'm putting it in <laughs> and now I'm pulling it out. Right. And, it, and then to think about the just... Yeah, the dualism of that, right? Yeah, that's and right. It, but I think I think sometimes, and I think maybe this is where I need to do better as a teacher at times. I think I think sometimes, and what can be communicated is is that, like, to be clear that into the, it's not. Oh, it doesn't mean you're always talking about the Bible. It doesn't mean you're always talking right. about Jesus. I don't want to diminish that. No, no. But but it, you know. Jesus had two loaves of bread, and Peter gave him two loaves of bread. How many loaves of bread does Peter right. does Jesus have? Is not integrating, and I don't mean to be facetious, but I mean that's like you can do that because it's integral. You can do it. It's it's already there, like yes. you said. And whether you're talking about Jesus or you're not allowed to talk about Jesus, there's still it's not removed. Right. We can't yeah. remove it from who we are. Was it was it Luther who has the famous quote about shoes? Yeah, yeah, I think it's at least a tribute yes. to Luther. Right, like how do you be a how do you be a Christian yeah. shoemaker? You make the best shoes right. that you yeah. can, right? How do yeah. you how do you teach Christianly? You teach well, yeah. right? Yeah. You embody good pedagogy. You honor yeah. your students. You create meaningful tasks yeah. for them to do. Um, mm. You uh, scaffold things. You yeah. like you you have skill as a teacher. Yeah, yeah. Right. I interviewed and Andrea Townsley a couple years yeah. ago. Oh yeah. For my Ed three hundred, and so one of my questions was like, how do you teach? Christianly in a public school by creating really good lessons yeah. by thinking yes, deeply absolutely. about by being the best darn teacher that you can be because yes. that's what those kids deserve that's and, right. and that's true in Christian schools too right it's like how, how do you teach Christianly by I think about my brothers who build houses how do how do they do this on a job build stinking nice houses that last forever that people call homes or Right, like mm -hmm. you know, a Christian mechanic who who you know they don't leave verses on your on your engine when you're done, right? They fix your car really well, and you trust that it's done. That's right. Really mm -hmm. well, and I think I hope this the same is true, you know, for us and for those of us who teach in Christian schools, right? It mm -hmm. it, it doesn't get us off the hook for for mediocre mm -hmm. teaching or mediocre mm -hmm. assessment, right? It, the expectation. Yeah, it should be excellence in every way, meaning putting everything you have into it with the resources that you have. Friends, we know that your time is valuable and we want to thank you for joining us today for another hallway conversation. Whether it is this day, this week, this month, or this school year, we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of. And as you go into this day, we want to offer you this blessing. So friends, God go before you to lead you. God go behind you to protect you. God go beneath you to support you. God, go beside you to befriend you. Do not be afraid. May the blessing of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you. Do not be afraid. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening. Ah, I, did, I did not feel I was on there, guys. I felt like I was off.